for me as an immigrant Latina, when I look at a movie and I watch a movie, we're always the same two or three characters. It's always the male, it's always the gangster, it's always something like that, you know? And, and, and the fact that you see uh, your own heritage portrayed in this uh, unidimensional way, um, it's something that you have to be aware of because you can internalize it and start thinking that all you see is all you can be. And that's not, that's not how the world works. Welcome, welcome everybody. We are live to Cafe Con Leadership. Today's guest, I have Gabby Natali. Uh, and I just want to read you a quick uh, background on her, a little bit of bio. You're going to learn more about her throughout this interview, but um, definitely want to give you a preface to what we have uh, and what Gabby has done thus far. So Gabby Natali, she's a triple daytime Emmy winner, a TV personality, a best-selling author and motivational speaker, an executive producer, and the host of a nationally syndicated TV show, Super Latina, on PBS. She is People Magazine, has named her uh, 2018's 25 Most Powerful Latinas, highlighting her inspirational story of how she went from a local TV show star that started out in a carpet warehouse to becoming the only Latina in U.S. history to win triple back-to-back -back daytime Emmy awards. Uh, Natalia is the founder of, of Aganal Media, a marketing company. She has a thriving fan base of over 52 million views on YouTube, over 250,000 followers on social media. And in 2019, uh, she launched Welcome All Beauty, her own hairpiece and extension line dedicated to women who need to be camera ready on the go, which is... <laughs> what we need today. Thank you, Gabby, and welcome. So excited. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you for having me here in Cafe uh, Con Leadership, and thank you for creating this space for all of us Latinos to speak about leadership and other things, because we really need to own, I believe, I believe we have to reclaim and own our narratives around our community and around what it means to be Latino, Latina, Latinx, Hispanic, however you want to define yourself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. And you know what? And even after reading your bio, I mean, that is one of the things that I really attract me. You exemplify leadership because at its core, it's about leading oneself, right? Leading ourselves to pursue and, and any of the things that we want in life. And it always starts there. Um, I would love to start with asking you, what were the hurdles as a Latina that you have had to overcome throughout your journey or maybe even still have to? overcome yeah a couple of things uh one of them there are two things that i believe one is the things that are outside of you you know we know that there are systemic inequalities there's no um there's no benefit in us not acknowledging that you know we as latinas we are the worst paid we we make 50 statistically we make 55 um the 55 cents per dollar compared to a white man so statistically in general we know that some things are going to be harder for us some things uh we're going to face bias you know as being a, an immigrant i know that sometimes when you go to a meeting or when i'm speaking to somebody if they don't know me they are going to mistakenly assume that i am uneducated 
only because English happens to be my second language. And I know it. And the, what I do is I say it to, people, to people's face. You know, I did a TED Talk that is called Pioneer, How to Be What You Can't See. And I knew because we don't have that many uh, speakers that with foreign accents, uh, you know, and immigrants in our community to go to those stages. So I knew there was a part of that audience that would be thinking like, who is this bimbo? Because I'm not changing, uh, you know, my my love for all things pink. I'm not changing. I went there dressed with all sequin dress and everything. And I knew some people were going to say, who's that bimbo with the accent? Uh, who's this person in, in the TED Talk? So one of the first things that I did was acknowledge and put it to their face. What is the bias that you're going to have? Not everybody but many people are going to have. And I think when you say these kind of things out loud, it's like a spell that is that that kind of disarms the bias in a way, in a way because people become self-aware of sometimes their own limitations when, when they perceive other people. So and we all have, and I don't wanna, I don't wanna say like the world is against me because I always feel like the world is is for me, not against me. I don't like to see the world from a place of, of hostility, that hostility is waiting for me. I always like to think that uh, the world is a place of possibilities, but at the same time, if I know there's some kind of bias and you say it out loud, I think in some way it's like a spell and you disarm that bias, or at least you bring it to the front. Uh, so that's one part, one part is, the, the struggle with the outside factors, you know? And then the other thing is your own perceptions, your own mindset. Uh, the You yourself sometimes not being your best advocate, but being somebody who's telling you things that are going to sabotage you. And, and I think the inner work that we have to do, you know, as, as part of a minority, part of a, it could be an immigrant group, it could be somebody from the LGBTQ uh, community, it could be anyone from any other minority, is to is to do this inner work of, of thinking that even when you see the world and you don't see that many people like you in those leadership positions or people like you um, in, in media, or maybe you see people like you, but they are represented in a one-dimensional way for me, as an immigrant Latina, when I look at the movie and I watch a movie, we're always the same two or three characters. It's always the male, it's always the gangster, it's always something like that, you know? And, and, and the fact that you see uh, your own heritage portrayed in this uh, unidimensional way, um, it's something that you have to be aware of because you can internalize it and start thinking that all you see is all you can be. And that's not that's not how the world works. Yeah, well, so you are was a long was a long answer, but I have a lot to take out my chest. Yeah, no, that was an excellent answer because you articulated so well. You know, you were able to, ver and that's kind of the issue. You know, some people aren't able; they know it, they feel it, but you're you're able to verbalize it and actually make it tangible. Like, yes, that's exactly what it is because it's true. You know, we, we are all, we are limited by you know we're programmed with this way of this is how Latinos are, and we limit ourselves because of that. How can I be a woman, a Latina, sitting in a boardroom when society Society has this image of what Latinas are, and we're totally not that. We feel underrepresented. We are underrepresented. Um, so I love that you said that because it really made it tangible 
um, and, and making it aware. Um, I've heard you talk a lot about not having that growing up, not, not, not growing up, but like not having Latina leaders that you were able to like, who did this before me that I can maybe follow a path. That was my same journey. Um, you know, I'm looking for where are the Latinas? And all I found, you know, in my early twenties was we were sexual symbols. You know, we were not looked at for our intellect or what we really truly contribute to the table. And that always upset me. Um, how did you overcome that? Like, what did, what was your fire within you that? In media, in my, in my first years, I started my media company in the year 2007 and I became a, um, an independent producer. Uh, in great, in a great part because of that, because I saw that for me to work as an employee in media, at least in that time, in the year 2007, if I was an anchor or a reporter, I had two different uh, stereotypes in front of me. It was the Spitfire Sexy Latina, the one that's doing the weather, like the winds are blowing from the south, you know, <laughs> with a mini skirt, and I didn't want it to be that stereotype. And then I saw there was the new Sankor, and the new Sankor could never smile, could never be spontaneous, could could never really show her personality, and and it was like she was always in a way constipated, like another news, another news, you know, and I wasn't that one either. I was, you know, I had elements of many others, just like my mother has elements of many others, my friends and everybody, and. I became very uncomfortable with with uh, thinking that to move forward in that career, to move forward as an employee in, the, in those industries, I had to somehow mold myself into fitting into either the sexy one or the serious one. And in doing so, I would have to erase the parts of myself that I like the most, the parts of myself that make me, me. And I knew that if I did that, I was going to be extremely unhappy. Uh, so that's from a moment of, uh, of uh, extreme uncomfort uh, came some kind of clarity that, you know, I love what I do, but I just want to do it on my own terms. And I want to create uh, content uh, that will feature Latinas and that will aim to Latinas with the uh, with the dignity, you know, and 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 the uh, and the respect that I believe we deserve, and that's when I took this leap of faith and started being a, an independent producer. But it was not because, you know, I had such a big entrepreneurial instinct. It was more out of feeling totally uncomfortable in the role uh, I was assigned at the time. I, I love that. Um, you know that should give people hope that, you know, if you don't find the path where you are most comfortable, create your own path mm -hmm. and carve your own way because we are all so unique and we all bring something completely unique to the table. Um, so I saw you interview Deepak Chopra. You've done a couple things. How was that? And what was your experience with that? Well, the interview with Deepak Chopra for me was one of the most memorable uh, ones in my career. It was the only time, if you watched it, you probably remember this moment, uh, there's a moment where I just break down in tears, you know, and I'm talking to him and I'm asking him, I said, I have Deepak in front of me, so I better make the most out of this moment. And I'm going to ask him 
couple of things, you know, you start doing the questions that you want to do. And then if you have more time, you start doing other questions that maybe are things you personally want to ask or you personally want to know about uh, the, whoever you are interviewing. And I said, now that I have Deepak in front of me and he's cooperating so much and the, the press people are not kicking me out, you know, because you always have an assigned time, I'm going to ask couple of things that maybe I didn't understand uh, I did not understand so well from his books so there was one principle in the laws of spiritual success that says um, there's one of the law that it's of, of these laws that is called the path of least resistance so basically what it says is that in your life what you have to find is the path of least resistance. We always want to do things that are hard. We always want to, you know, achieve things that are going to, in a way we are going to feel a little bit tortured while we're doing it. But what he says is the opposite, like figure out in your, in your life, what comes naturally, what makes you feel good, you know, what's flowing in your life and pay attention. Follow the path of least resistance, but this rule was against everything I heard growing up. Like, you have to work hard. You have to... <laughs> everything comes with sacrifice, sacrifice and hard work. So my question was, how do you reconcile, Deepak, this law of least resistance with, you know, hard work and sacrifice for things that are important to achieve? And, um, and I remember he first answered something that was kind of poetic, you know, like flowers bloom without resistance and the sun comes out and the moon comes out. And I'm, I'm a very practical person. So that answer didn't cut it for me. So I did follow up questions. And I think I made the guru, lo the guru lost it, <laughs> lost his patience because he told me, you know what? Uh, I want to explain to you what, what I mean with the path of least resistance. Yes, with hard work only, you can achieve uh, success and you can achieve great things. But if you're doing it with hard work only, that's going to come with a, with a big price. And the price can be your health or the price can be your relationships. And he said... And who wants to be successful if the, if the price you have to pay is such a big price? And he disarmed me, you know, because I was at the time pushing myself so hard to make so many things. And I felt the pressure that I imposed in myself. And, and that's when I lost it. And I started crying <laughs> in front of my guest. And I remember... The cameraman we had on that interview, one of the cameramans, it was the very first interview we were doing together. And like in the back of my mind, I was thinking, this cameraman is probably thinking I'm working for a nuts, a total <laughs> crazy woman <laughs> that is breaking down in the first interview we're doing together. But I felt, you know, those were the, the words that I needed to, to hear in the moment and every now and then when i'm pushing myself too hard or when things get too hectic i go back to that place i go back to that um to those words that deepak told me because we we need a reminder sometimes you know that yes there are many things that you might achieve but you always have to think what is the price that you're paying for that success yes um i love that you said that and that um 
really is a lot of conversation that I've been having with other Latinos, which is, you know, the upbringing, the family, family culture of the Latino experience, which is um, you have a lot of people, especially when it comes to being an entrepreneurial or being that free spirit of I'm going to go after what I want to pursue um, in a lot of households are no, get a good job. No, don't be dream too big. No, you know, you that's just far reaching out. And I want to help kind of change that conversation a little bit, you know, starting with the house. Like, what do you think we can do about that? Or maybe a message to like parents that are still in that old school mentality, you know, because I think our generation is different, you know, but there's still a lot of women, even our age, that are like just with that cultural baggage of I shouldn't do this because maybe that's not what I'm supposed to do. But like, how would you, you know, what, what advice would you give to them? I think, first of all, if, if there's anything, this sanitary, economic, environmental and spiritual crisis has taught us is that newsflash, no job is safe right now. Uh, you know, so I understand where it comes from because it was created in a world that was very different from the world we're living right now. So those were things that we heard growing up. I grew up in, I'm, I'm 42 years old. So I grew up in the eighties or in the nineties where that type of advice kind of made sense because there were still people who, who got their first job in a certain company. And if they didn't want it to change to a different company, still at that time, People would spend 20 years if they wanted or 25 and then retire from that same company. In all honesty, I don't know a single person right now who's done the whole career in, in, their own, in the same company. And not only that, most people that I know, you know, they have been fired sometime. They have a, a, a business, um, you know, um, bankrupt or they had you know to switch careers or they had to start over so those type of experiences are becoming more and more the rule and not the exception while when we received those kind of advices you know in in decades ago that those were the exceptions not the rules so yes it comes from a place from from yes um this is what is going to be more safe for you son or more safe for you daughter so it, we have to understand that it does come from a good place you know i remember i had a conversation with my father and he told me do you really want to be a journalist they starve gabby you know why don't you pick another career um <laughs> uh, and and i understand you know yes statistically maybe you're gonna do better if you are a lawyer or you're gonna do better if you're a dentist i don't know but at the same time everything has to be uh, you know considered because i don't want to live a life as a dentist if being a dentist makes me very unhappy and i'm gonna be show up to my work and i'm gonna hate every patient and i'm gonna still pain that patient <laughs> uh, mm. So I think it's a mix, but um, there has never been, I believe, even right now with, with the crisis we're going through and with everything that is happening, still uh, it is a time to think about 
how can we bring off value? How can we contribute? So many industries are being disrupted. So many people are trying new brands. So many of us are changing the way we shop. We're changing the way we consume. We're changing the way we work. Many of the things that that came in this crisis are going to, to go. They're going to go back to normal at some point. Many others are here to stay. So in those changes in consumption and in those changes of habit, there is your opportunity if you want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and one of the things you always say in re, in represent every time that you I think it was like every time you pioneer, you move the ball forward. Yeah. You move the world forward. Yes. What do you mean by that exactly? What I mean is every time and and I when I talk about pioneer is like uh take take a leap of faith, step into the unknown and there to be first. And when I say there to be first, doesn't have to be the first in the world it can be the first in your family it can be the first in your school it can be the first in your community in your job in your organization but when you when you take that step and you dare to be first and you dare to pioneer you move the world forward because it's not just about you doing that move it's about you being one from a group that never sees themselves in those positions or from a family that never sees themselves in that, you know, there are families who never experienced having somebody in their uh, own household graduate from a university or graduate from high, high school. So to have that experience, you know, if you pioneer, if you dare to be the first one, even if it is the first one in your family, you are creating uh, a case study. Uh, so that is the living proof for your brothers or for your sisters or for your cousins. This is the, the living proof that it can be done. So in your own platform, and your own platform can be five people in your home or five million people if you have followers, it doesn't matter the size of the platform. What you are creating is this case study around you that what you did is possible and that's why i say that when you pioneer you move the world forward i love that in so many ways you know it, some so many people are well i'm not big enough or i don't have enough of a, an influence or i'm just still this or one day when i get that you know and they don't understand the power of their immediate circle and the people in their life and what you're able to create in that circle um so i i, I really Go ahead. I love that you said yeah. that. And also, you start with your immediate circle. You start sometimes thinking that you might have a moderate impact, but you don't know what's going to happen. One of the one of the people right now in the planet who has the biggest, loudest voice when it comes to sustainability and environment is a little girl, you know, Greta. So yeah. you start, you know, and you don't know where life or your message is going to take you because it's not just about you or who you are it's about your message being aligned with uh you can call it whatever i call it a spiritual narrative whose time has come you know and so when you have that message think about greta i mean maybe an adult you know would have had more power maybe a president would have had more power maybe somebody with more money could have had more power but the fact that it was a little girl the fact that it came from such a place of honesty and the fact that it was a spiritual narrative or a message however you want to call it that was aligned to 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 a moment 
uh, whose ideas, whose time had come, it would have made it amplify so much because people heard it and they said, this little girl, she's right. She's standing up for what is fair. She's standing up for what is right. So sometimes you feel like you are a somehow small messenger, but if your truth is so big and nobody else is saying it or not enough people are saying it, it doesn't matter what kind of messenger you are. This message that you have is so important, it's gonna spread. I love that. I love that. It reminds me of that quote of, of, of the mosquito. If you're too small to make a difference, you've never been in a room with a mosquito uh -huh. because you will feel the difference. And that's important. Like a lot of people think that, you know, my voice doesn't matter. But, you know, you are if you are consistent with your voice and your message, you're going to get people to listen. And if, you, if it's heartfelt, you're going to make a ripple in the earth. So it's important that um Latinas out there with a message, make sure that you get that message out. Don't let anything, you know, be in the way of that. And also, I think it's very important that you embody that message because sometimes when there's a disconnect between the message that you're saying and your lifestyle or the way you behave, you know, then it's where the message is lost because you say, hey, great message, but you know, it's like when you hear companies saying they care about certain things. Yay, great message. And then inside, you, you know, they are not promoting the people they say they care about, you know. So the message disappears when you don't back this message with facts. Yes, I love that. I love that, that answer, which <clears throat> kind of brings me to the next one. You also said, which I, I believe completely, when you open yourself up to the world, you open up yourself to possibilities. Um, and a lot of people inhibit themselves from even feeling that um, audacity, you know, that what do you what do you mean by that? And what advice would you give on that? I always feel like, uh, you know, opening ourselves up to the world and we can think about it in many ways. It could be like, you know, if you're an immigrant, it's opening yourself up to the world, you open, you know, you are in a new country, you left a lot from your past life, you know, you're in contact, but you left it behind. Uh, you open yourself up to the world by learning a new language, you open yourself up to the, to the world by learning a new skill, you open yourself up to the world by doing things that make you feel excited, but make you feel frightened as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you an example. Uh, there was one time when I was invited to a conference. And usually when I go to a conference, uh, this was like five years ago or so, or six maybe. Um, usually, uh, because I'm a journalist, I my role is to moderate panels or to do something that is really scripted. You know, I don't really need to share much of uh, my story or anything like that. But in this particular uh, conference that it's called We All Grow, there was an activity called Storytellers. And I signed up for that activity. And you know when you commit to something, you know, and then they tell you, yes, and then when the day comes, you say, why on earth did I say, <laughs> why on earth did I sign up for this? Okay, so the activity was to go on a stage, there were like 500 people, and to share a personal story. So um, as the day was getting closer, I started thinking like, why on earth did I sign up? 
you know, and I started having all these voices of insecurity and fear, like, hey, I'm going to share a personal story. I'm going to have colleagues there. There's going to be clients. How is this going to affect my reputation? If I do it wrong, I'm going to expose myself to ridicule. So all, all, all of these things, it was like a parade in my mind, you know, all, all, all these thoughts to sabotage myself from doing something that, you know, I thought it was going to be meaningful. So at the end of the day, I wrote what I wanted to share, which was some stories of when I first graduated as a journalist and the fact that it took me like two years to get my first opportunity and I was unemployed by a, for a long time and that I felt that, um, you know, that I was a total loser, you know, a lot of things about down moments that I had in, in the beginning of my career and that I never really shared them publicly before. And so one minute before going on stage, I had a moment of clarity of re realizing that this was not a test that I had to pass, that what I was about to leave was a gift from life, that I have a message, I had a stage, and I had an audience who was there to hear me for 10, 15 minutes, whatever that was. So I proposed myself, I'm not going to push myself to be perfect. I've never done this before, sharing these personal stories. I'm just gonna be real. So I went to that stage from the Storytellers Activity in Los Angeles in the um, We All Grow Conference, and I opened my heart and I shared this story without knowing that in the audience, there was a literary agent. And the literary agent contacted me and she said, I think, I think you have a book there. And I was already writing all my ideas for a book. So imagine the synchronicity. Yeah. Three months later, we get a, a, and she starts working. Three months later, we present the proposal to HarperCollins Español for, to do the book in Spanish, and they approve it. The book comes out, it came out three years ago. It's called El Circulo Virtuoso, and it debuted number one in three Amazon categories in business, in self-help, and in inspiration. And I wanted the book in English as well, but it didn't happen at the time. And I was knocking doors and begging people, please, this book did so well in Spanish. Why don't we have it in English? And I knocked doors, I knocked doors, I knocked doors, nothing happened. And then I moved on to the next things. And the day I least expected, I, the day I least expected it, the um, publishing house called me that there's this division called HarperCollins Leadership and it's mainstream and it's global and they never published any book by a Latina and they wanted to publish The Virtual Circle, Circulo Virtuoso. And it was originally set to be released in June of this year and then the pandemic hit. And so it was moved to January of 2021, January 5th. And I'm thinking, how aligned is this my book talks about unemployment. My book talks about being a small business owner in hard times. My book talks about overcoming recessions in Argentina and in the United States. My book talks about so many things that are so much more relevant right now. And they're going to be so much more relevant in January where everybody wants to, oof, 2020, we're gonna, we're ready to turn the page here. We're all, we all are. So uh, sometimes when I, that's why I say when you open yourself up to the world, which was what I did that day, it was a very small step, but was a brave, a brave step going to that stage, 
sharing a story of my life. And then there was a domino effect that I could not anticipate, you know. Uh, and that's why I always tell people, you have to take that step because you never know what's going to happen once you take that step. And it could have been that nothing happened. And it could have been that I just went on that stage, I shared my story, I did something that I was scared to do before, and I already won, even without a book, even without a book deal, even without anything, because I overcame something that before was some was was a possibility that I would not consider because I was too scared of uh, ridicule, too scared of doing it wrong, too scared of hurting my reputation. Uh, and that was the lesson, you know, sometimes, you know, not taking any risk or not wanting to take risk is the riskiest move at all that you can do. <clears throat> I love that so much. You know, that that is so line. And so many people fear that, you know, they think, okay, I'm going to be judged. But you know, what we learn in the process is we outgrow ourselves, you know, we become a better person when we take those risks daringly, you know, and, and that's kind of what I want to like inject into, you know, a lot of Latinas that are maybe have not because I've spoken to many people who have had uh, career growth, because they've had supportive family. Not a lot of Latinas and not a lot of the community itself has that supportive family, but you still have to find that fire mm -hmm. inside of you to say, I need to, like Gabby, carve my own path and my own way, because there's never gonna be a way lined out, you know, for you perfectly. No, and imagine, Sandra, what if I go to that stage and I make a fool out of myself, I go blank, Let's think about the worst of the worst of the worst. I go there, I go blank, I start mumbling. Not, nobody understands what I'm saying. They record me, it goes viral, and stupid Gabby is all over the internet for five minutes. And what? The sun is going to come out again the next day, and yeah. you can still do another speech that is going to be a good one, and you can still learn. And I think sometimes when you're faced with that situation that you are so scared, like, hey, you know, I'm going to be ridiculed or whatever. And then it happens and it's in front of you and you're living through it. And then you realize that you still survived whatever that was, you know, yeah. you feel stronger. I love that. I love that. Yeah, we've, we've overcome 100% of our worst days, right? We're here today, you know, like, so, you know, we, we criticize or we worry about the what if, you know, and that's a whole nother subject on mental health and a lot of other things that we have. But we worry so much about all those things. But at the end of the day, must, you know, if we're still alive and breathing, you have the opportunity to create something new, mm -hmm. you know, and I love that. I love that that you shared that. Now, in that, what is your message? What is your core message that you want to share with Latinas, with Hispanics, with America, with the country, with the world? What is your message that you want to get out? Um, I think one of the core messages that I have is the one we, we spoke about, that every time you pioneer, you move the world forward, you know, and that it takes inner work. You have to do that inner work to accept yourself whatever that is that you have to accept, you know. Um, for me, at some point it was uh, my, my accent or at some other point it was, you know, the fact that, you know, I, I was here kind of on my own in the beginning. I don't have family. I have a boyfriend who is now my husband and we did long distance for a year and a half and then we got married. So, so there were so many variables and so many things 
But at the end of the day, the first step is to accept who you are, to think that really, you know, be very honest with yourself. And if you think that what you have to offer the world is not a worthy contribution, think again, you know, because we all have something that we can contribute. So think about what that is, do your inner work. And, and for all the Latinas and Latinos or anybody in a minority group or minority ideas, because there could be a white man straight that has a crazy idea and is somehow forced to, to, to face a sea of, of sameness in, in his organization. And the same, in a way, some of this logic applies to him as well. The fact that you feel alone in your ideas. But, but when you are a minority, I think it's even stronger because it's not only ideas, but it's your story. Um, and, and so many people, they, they, they want to fit, so, fit in so hardly. They change their names. They hide their story. They try to be a chameleon. And at the end of the day, if you have to sacrifice so much and become a chameleon and you're scared of or ashamed of taking your parents to a gala or you're ashamed of introducing your family, what is it all about if you're going to hide who you are, you know? You're in this life only one time and it's to be happy and it's to be free. That's at least how I see it. So so yes maybe you maybe you got a promotion but then you have to hide who your mother is or your father is i don't know it's too crazy yeah <clears throat> i love that i love that you know we we should have the freedom to 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 really understand that you have one opportunity here who cares if you screw up but if you stop yourself from pursuing something that is a failure in itself you know we need to make sure that we are exerting our you know who we are our spirit our love our compassion and our um what we want to bring to the world so i i think that's that's so important one of the things that you um that i love and i, I know we're, we're almost getting to like wrap up but you're like an activist for and believe very strongly to stand for something you know and i think that that kind of is in line with that um that we should have this inner belief and and inner awareness to stand for something and understand what that something is. Um, what do you mean by that? And, and how do you, how do you feel about that? About like just standing for something? Well, these four years may be very easy for me to stand for something because I don't stand for racism. I don't start stand for xenophobia. I don't stand for homophobia. I don't stand for so many things which have been a staple of the administration that uh, we have right now. So, but even before that, I've always tried to align myself uh, with organizations that empower Latinos, that make us think about how we can vote, how can we be active, how can we run for office, how can we think about our voice being stronger than ever before. So, and also in the case of Latinas, same thing, because I feel like even with little things, little everyday things inside our culture, like those horrible sayings, like calladita te ves más bonita. Who do you think you are to tell me that calladita te ves más bonita? <laughs> it's very revealing of an upbringing or, and, on, and of a culture. Not every culture has a calladita te ves más bonita. And they never say that to, to, to men. So, um, so I feel like whatever 
you find and and that has been for me you know everything that is gender issues and everything that is equality equity those are things that i naturally gravitate to but for somebody else it could be maybe they have a much higher consciousness than i have in sustainability you know i'm still learning many of the things but other people are much more advanced than i am in those topics or for somebody else it's going to be animal rights or for somebody else you know uh, whatever we we don't have to do the same whatever is where your heart takes you i think it's a good thing and also i think the experiences that you have in your life transform you so many women they become activists to inform other women about uh, breast cancer prevention after they've been through an experience like that for example so so i think it's a mix of wherever your heart takes you and at the same time the experiences you have in your in your own life I love that. I love that. Gabby, it's been such a pleasure having you. Thank you. Um, I want to ask you one last question. I know it's always one last one more. And no I mean, I can go on for another hour, but I know time is uh, precious. Claro, pero what advice would you give to women like 40 plus that right now, which is the majority of our listeners, which right now are in that conundrum of um, how do I pursue? How do I reinvent myself in many instances and how do i develop that i mean it's easy for people that are the for latinas that are warriors adentro and i believe latinas the culture itself we are warriors we are guerreras we are all of that you know so for me it's easy to say ah just just grin and bear it and just you know go and pursue but do you have any advice for like women that are you know 40 plus that are in maybe a career change or maybe in a restructuring of their life that maybe they got recently divorced but need to find that mm, that they didn't have growing up because they grew yeah. up in our culture I think it's very interesting what you bring up because our culture for women, it rewards being stoic, it rewards uh, doing sacrifices for others, it doesn't necessarily reward being confrontational, you know, and or it doesn't necessarily reward putting your uh, needs or your necessities as a priority. So yes, when we think about the mother warrior, sometimes we're thinking about the mother who sacrificed everything for her kids, you know, and that's a way of being warrior. But it's always our self-worth tied to sacrificing and giving something up for somebody else. So that's an accepted way of being a warrior in our culture. But if you want to do that same thing for your own dream, then you are a bad mother and you are a bad woman <laughs> so i think the first step is to to think that you know release yourself from guilt because guilt dominates us in so many ways you know the fact that we are labeled sometimes as uh, bad women or bad mothers just because we have a dream of our own something so basic and something that you would never tell your own son or your own daughter hey give everything up for somebody else it doesn't matter you're worth nothing but maybe we tell it to ourselves sometimes you know or we've seen other people in past generations do it and and we take it as the norm so i feel that First, we have to think about our own um, 
belief structure. If you're thinking and deep down inside, I feel that I am a horrible person because I am pursuing my own dream, because I have my own passion or because I want to go back to school or because I want to open a bakery or because I want to have a PhD or because I want to finish high school, whatever that is that dream for you. If you feel deep inside that that dream makes you a bad person, you have to think again because it's going to be really hard to achieve that dream if at the core, 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 core of your heart, you feel that that dream is corrupt in a way or is going to make you a bad person. So the first thing is to have to be super honest with yourself and figure out if you feel like you are a bad person for pursuing your dream. And if that's the case, give yourself the permission. You're not a bad person for wanting something for yourself. And then the next thing is, um, I always like to have, a, and this is a personal thing for me, I always have to have some kind of marriage between the things that I love and the things that I believe the world needs or an industry needs, you know, because yes, I love to dance, but nobody's paying me for dance and I don't think my dance moves probably gonna make me a lot of money. So you have to be also honest in what are your passions, what are your limitations, what are the things that can be of, of an opportunity in the world. And one thing that I did in my own journey was to start my own business as a side hustle. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't really demand it for my business to pay for all my bills from day one. I was a uh, universe. I, I first worked, you know, as, as a reporter, a news anchor. Then when I left that job and I started to uh, start producing on my own and become an entrepreneur, I did it while I was working as a university professor. Uh, so I looked for another job that would pay my bills uh, so that I could have this other thing on the side grow, you know, with, uh, with freedom, with liberty, without putting so much pressure on it. Uh, because I feel like businesses are like plants sometimes. Sometimes they do take a while to take off. And if you are forcing that little seed and that little plant, you know, to be your shadow and to be your, you know, to be your shelter and to be everything, uh, it could be, it could be as biggest, biggest than you ever dreamed. But it might need time. You might need to find the right soil. You might need to find, you know, what kind of water. You might need to find what kind of care it needs. You, you're still getting to know this, this new project that you have. So I think giving it space, oxygen, time, and that will also give yourself the opportunity to make mistakes because you are going to make mistakes uh, in on the road. But if you make mistakes and you still have something that is going to pay your bills, then that's more manageable and more sustainable. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you know what? Your your the bag behind you reminded me of Welcome All Beauty. We yes. have to make sure. <laughs> so let me tell you about it. Yes. I was doing when I was doing the promotional tour for my book uh, in Spanish. I was flying city uh, to city in the U in the U.S. and also in Mexico. And I don't travel as, as, as an independent producer and as an author, I don't travel with an entourage, you know. I travel with, my, on my, with myself or maybe with one person. And sometimes I had to, I think there's an echo going on. 
I don't hear No? No? Okay. So um, what happened was that sometimes I had to go straight sometimes from the airplane to the conference and to deliver a keynote for a lot of people or to do an interview in a TV station or to whatever, something that was in the public eye, but I just landed from a plane or I was just traveling or, you know, I only had so much time to get camera ready. I know how to do my makeup, kind of, but the hair, I'm a disaster. So I started to look for products that would allow me to be camera ready in five minutes or less, and I couldn't find them. And that's why I created, I started researching um, different manufacturers, different products and how to use them. And let me show you. Uh, I Every day when you see me on camera, more than likely, I'm wearing something that I can put on my head in five minutes or less. Like right now I'm wearing one that's called Make Some Waves uh, Clipping Pony. And, um, and this is one of the ones that is my favorite because right now, in all honesty, also, I don't go to the hair salon because of the pandemic since March. So, so this is something that you just clip in, you know, right. and it's multidimensionally. We we um, we did it optimized to look good on camera, so that you can see this has a lot of different uh, shades, colors, texture, and everything. Yeah. And when you see me, this is my hair, my natural hair. It's really short. We so know the truth now. <laughs> uh -huh. It's really short. So uh, sometimes I wear, like, let me show you. Sometimes I wear these long ones. Hold on. Okay. So this is one of the long ones and it's called break the internet and i love it and all you do look at my hair all you do is you put your hair on a little pony mm -hmm. to the back like this mitad o todo all of it just a little bit okay almost all you do it like this and then you put it, this has a clip in the back here. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can see it, and a yep. clip over here. So you just pull it like this. You pull it to the back. I'm doing it really fast and without a mirror. So if I look kind of crazy, it's <laughs> kind. I love it. So I put it and then you just blend it with your own hair. And if you're if you don't have time to blend it with your own hair. This is what you do. You just put on a, a little bit of a... Oh my God. And I'm camera ready. You are so camera ready. <laughs> <laughs> so so that, that all this, and I wanna invite all women uh, to, to go to welcomeallbeauty.com. We have a whole collection. This is called the Break the Internet. Uh, this one is called the Make Some Waves Pony. We have buns, we have different colors, textures, but the at the core, everything is related, Sandra. At the core of this company, and I never thought that I would launch a hairline because that's not what I, you know, that's never in my mind occurred to me. But here's the thing. I'm all about women's 
self-reliance. I'm all about maximizing and streaming our time because I don't want to spend my day with a curling iron like I used to be. I want in five minutes to look great, have a solution, pitch my idea, go to a business meeting or do whatever I have to do. And that's why, because I couldn't find the solutions that I wanted, same thing like with a show, because I couldn't find it, I said, I'm going to invent it because there's a white space here. Women are more busy than ever, but there's a lot of women, if they work on sales, if they are executives, or if they just want to look good, they have this expectation of how they want to look or how they should look, you know, for a certain occasion, but they don't have the time. And it's ridiculous that you're not going to sleep one more hour just to get your hair done. Yeah, yeah. Or you're not going to create that video because your hair is not perfect. You're not going to do go on camera because there are there's enough excuses that people make. You know, this is... Yeah, yeah. My, my clients tell me I work out more because before I, I would do my hair and then I didn't want it to work out because it would ruin my hair. So they work out more or they sleep more or they spend more time with their family or they have extra hours to pitch stories, to do sales calls or whatever. The idea is to reclaim your time, which is the only resource that cannot be renewed in our lives. Absolutely. I love it. Gabby, thank you so much. How can somebody, first of all, get Welcome All Beauty, purchase any of those? Yes. Mm -hmm. Wel WelcomeAllBeauty.com. Uh, and they can go to the website. Um, I don't know. I can, I, I can, I yes, I can share screen right here. Um, I'm not sure, but we will put it in the comments. Okay. We'll, we'll put the website okay. in the comments and in the YouTube description as well. Fantastic. Well, I super appreciate you. I love talking to you. And I hope, I hope people uh, will like this conversation because I have a great time. Yay. Thank you so much. It's I, there's so much valuable nuggets here that uh, I think I'm definitely going to hear a lot of great feedback from it because you talked about re very real and relevant things. And, and that's the goal of Cafe Con Leadership is to really let's, let's bring to surface some real and relevant things that maybe some of us are struggling with. And you highlighted so many things. You also do a live every single day, guys, if you are not following Gabi Natali, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, she does a live every single morning um, from Central Time. What is it? 9 a.m. Central, Central Time. And it's a simulcast. So it's in Facebook, it's in YouTube, it's in all our platforms. And it's really nice because we're now in quarantine and I feel like we, we all crave more connection. And at another time, it would have been impossible for me every day to connect because I was taking a plane or doing different things. But right now, I feel like we all need to take it just 10 minutes or 15 minutes that we connect to each other, talk about something to improve our lives and set the intention for the day. And really, Sandra is one of the most selfish things that I do because, yes, we provide uh, value and worth, but also it's so good for me to connect to everybody every morning. I love that. Thank you so much, Gabby. Quédate un minuto más, yes. but one more time. So welcomeallbeauty.com. And then to connect with you on LinkedIn, they can just, um, and we'll put those links so that they can connect with you or follow you on LinkedIn. So as well, but thank you so very much. This thank has you. been such a powerful uh, interview and I hope you guys enjoyed that. Take care guys. <laughs>